Hello, everybody. It's Labor Day weekend, or it will be by the time you hear this. This is Blake, the Blake Street Regulars on Mile High Sports. My name is Sean Drotar. With me again, as he was earlier this week, because we need to readdress what we discussed earlier in the week, is Doug Ottawell, editor-in-chief of Mile High Sports Magazine, which, by the way, as we record this on Friday, comes out today regarding the Rocky Mountain Showdown, which will be tonight. But that's not what we're concerned about at the moment, because we're looking at a Colorado Rockies team that is now in San Diego, and... And, and Doug, before we get into it too much, I want to make sure we talk about Tap 14, our, our sponsor of the, the Blake Street Regulars podcast at 1920 Blake Street, just outside of Coors Field. You can walk there within about two minutes. And over the last couple games, I I wished I was at Tap 14 when I was watching those games. So an opportunity to do that when they get back in town or even this weekend with football starting, uh, with baseball still in, in really full steam ahead now that September's upon us. It's a great place to go. 70 Colorado beers. 100 Colorado Spirits, and a delicious menu that rotates every season. The best rooftop bar in Denver, in my opinion. Check them out at tap14.com. Spell that out, tap14.com. As we record this, Doug, we were up very late watching a game in San Diego, which the Rockies went into extra innings, despite the fact they had one hit at the time. This is one of the challenges when you when you look at the way this team has gone. Yes, there's been problems with the bullpen. We've talked about it. We've talked about uh, all the all the issues with relievers, especially the closers. But when you have one hit in the ninth inning, I don't care what your pitchers did. It's not their fault. Yeah, I mean, and the the problem is is that not only did they not hit, but the bullpen actually performed pretty well. I mean, they came in and, and pitched for. What was it six innings ultimately and and aside from the game winning home run they were they were pretty good i mean yes Ottavino had some traffic he uh did not look sharp but at the end of the day they got the job done for six more innings and you just can't put that kind of pressure on your pitching staff at all, starters or, or relievers. The Rockies lose that C, uh, series opener in San Diego. They lose it 3-2 to two in 13 innings, and you're exactly right. Um, Marquez pitched brilliantly, a two-hitter over eight innings, 13 strikeouts, a new career high for him, only one walk. The Rockies is a team uh, with Ottavino, O, Oberg, uh, McGee, and then Brian Shaw, who took the loss. Uh, 12 and uh, two-thirds innings pitched, only six hits three earned runs, two walks, and 16 strikeouts. So uh, when you look at that, even though Brian Shaw gets tagged with the loss, it's really hard to pin this loss on Shaw. When you look at the offense, the top four guys in the lineup last night, Charlie Blackman, DJ LeMahieu, Nolan Arenado, and Trevor Story, combined to go 0 for 21. That simply can't happen. And the Rockies, again, leaving guys on the base paths. They left 11 guys last night in a game they lost by one. And they're getting guys to second and third regularly. We're not just talking about, oh, you have a guy on first and you're hitting into a double play, although they did a little of that too. But they are getting guys to second base and third base pretty regularly and then just, I mean, you hate to say this, but they are choking up there in scoring situations. And that's something that, you know, I think that's that's something that I equate to Troy Tulowitzki when he was here. who's he kind of a master at, at just you know pounding one into the ground when there's guys in scoring position but man you're seeing that a, a lot a lot too often here lately and that's it, it's it's a it's a double loss because not only do you lose a game to a, a team with a losing record but you lose it in a way that taxes your entire pitching staff and you know doesn't 
such and look, San Diego's in the same boat. So, but San Diego's not playing for anything, right? And they even talked about that last night on the broadcast that decisions made by San Diego are not going to be made in the same fashion that Bud Black has to make decisions because San Diego comes into the end of the season with what do we have to lose? What does it matter if we extend a guy another inning or he gets a few more pitches? Or what does it matter if we pinch hit this guy now? Or, you know, all those things that managers who are in contention have to think two, three games down the road, San Diego has nothing to lose right now. And so, yeah, it taxes both teams, but in a lot of ways, it probably taxed the Rockies worse. And it is such a really costly uh, loss. They really can't afford They need to win the next three games. There's really no other way to Have put it. Have to. I know it's not the, the end. There are plenty of games left. But the truth of the matter is, at the same time that the Rockies are playing the Padres, the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks are playing. So uh, no matter what you do, if you don't win, you've lost ground on somebody. Yeah. You've either yeah. lost ground to the Dodgers, who are quickly gaining it, or you've lost ground on Arizona as, as they continue to extend their lead. And that's, again, what happened last night. So the Rockies now one and a half out of first in the NL West after just a couple of days ago being tied and only percentage points differently at first. Now the Dodgers only a half game behind them, and we understand how good they are. The, the trick for the Rockies and the reason they can't afford these kind of stumbles or chokes as you put it and I think that's fair I really do when you're talking about those top four guys and you look at what the expectations are with the money they're being paid and for them to go 0 for 21 is not acceptable end of story right. you have to find a way uh, to get a bat on the ball you have to find a way to knock some runs in you have to find a way to do something more than pop up or strike out and and that's just how it's going to work St. Louis and Milwaukee are basically starting to run away and hide a little bit. Either of those teams would be winning the NL West. So now for the Rockies, it's becoming a little bit difficult, to all those different paths to get in. You think you have the wild card, you have the NL West, you might be able to get the second wild card. The wild card stuff's starting to pull away. The Rockies need to win to stay in the wild card chase as well as the NL West. So the more they lose games, especially winnable ones like this, they're making things a lot harder on themselves, and the pathway to getting into the postseason gets narrower and narrower. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think that last night was the first of their last 30 games, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, that's not a lot of games, and especially when you consider their schedule and they're, they're playing primarily NL West teams. I mean, there's going to be a lot of beating beating each other up. So, yeah, it, it really prob probably will come down to who wins the NL West as opposed to who sneaks into the wild card because I don't see any of these teams in this division doing that. No, uh, the the Cardinals and the Brewers seven out of their last ten. They've each won seven of the last ten games. The the Rockies, you know, hovering at five and five. Dodgers six and four. Arizona also at six and four. So those other uh, two teams in the wild card that hold it right now are, are playing very very well and they're continuing to play well. The the hope, of course, is that they'll also be in division and maybe they'll knock each other around a little bit. Uh, each of those teams has to play the Cubs still and they need to play each other. But that doesn't help the Rockies who have to play the Diamondbacks. They have to play the the Dodgers. They have to play the Giants. They finally finish with the Padres who seem to have their number over the course of this weekend but I don't understand that either it just, I don't either it's strange it, isn't it and and look it wasn't like the Padres knocked the Rockies around I mean they the Rockies were exceptional they had more the errors than runs yeah. last night and they won I know how, how does your third baseman have three errors and you win the game I mean that's that's pretty unbelievable You're literally trying to throw the game away and, yeah. and then the Rockies wouldn't let them do it so this is uh this gets huge for them you these are the ones that when you, you you brought up the idea that in September you're playing lots and lots of division games right up until the last two series of the year for the Rockies when they get the Phillies and the Nationals but 
the idea that over the last uh, month or so, the Rockies basically almost gained seven full games to get back into the mix of the NL West, but you can't make up that number of games anymore because these teams are all playing each other. You can't make up all these numbers and wins. 30 games left, it's tricky because anytime you win, great. But either, for example, this weekend... Rockies could win three, but either the Dodgers or the Diamondbacks are going to win three, two, right. because that's just the way it works. Right. And so you can't gain on everybody when they're all banging into each other. So for the Rockies, these games, when you get a Padres team that you, that's beatable, you have to find a way to close the deal because you know that the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers are going to be tougher. And I'm not as familiar with, with Arizona and L.A.'s uh, schedule, but I'm assuming that they will face the Padres also, just the way these things tend to set up. Right. And those teams have taken care of the Padres all season long. And it just sort of – its I, I have no idea why the Padres have the Rockies number. I mean, they just – they're not a formidable team at all, yet the Rockies seem to struggle with them. And I, I think the Rockies, are, if one thing can be said about them throughout the season is that they are guilty of playing to their competition. Um, I, I wish I could say they're best when their backs are against the wall because their backs are against the wall right now. It really, it really is. And they did not come through. They really have not come through in the last couple series. Um, yeah, it was nice to get the the save um, before heading out to San Diego and and, and pick up a game that kind of saved face in that last series. But you know, the, you have to take care of these things, and that's the difference between teams that are playing the playoffs and teams that sit home. The pitching's been good enough. If, if you look at the way that the offense has been, and that's really been more than anything the problem of late, what do you do if you're Bud Black? Now, we, we've talked about the issues in the bullpen, and I don't really know what Bud Black can do. You have to bring in Adam Adovino and hope he's good. You have to bring in Brian Shaw and hope he pitches well. You have to bring in Wade Davis. This is the way it goes. And so when someone like uh, uh, someone, oh, has a bad outing, what what do you do? You, you live with it because right. they've been good. And if Adovino or O don't pitch well, okay, that, that happens. You know that, that Davis and Shaw and McGee, are, they're pretty touchy at any point in time, but you have nowhere else to go. So I don't blame Bud Black for that. There might be, and especially starting this weekend when rosters can expand, there might be other options regarding the bats for the Rockies. Yeah. Do you think about playing David Dalmore? Or do you think about playing Ryan McMahon more? Do you think about even it sounds it sounds crazy. Do you think about maybe giving Charlie Blackman a, a day or two off and playing someone like Para? I, I don't know. Do you do you do that with this last stretch or do you think that's tinkering too much? Well, we talked about it last time we were on the podcast. I think the tinkering in my mind kind of came when they brought in Matt Holiday because it, it a little bit disrupted what they're doing in the outfield. If I'm Bud Black, I think I'm leaning on a guy like Para because in my mind, Para is sort of the, the, the quintessential professional hitter. The guy knows how to put the bat on the ball. He, he understands situational hitting probably more so than David Dahl, probably more so, definitely more so than Ryan McMahon. Both those guys are good hitters, but they're also the guys that could put the ball out of the park and you know can do something kind of exceptional, whereas I look at a guy like Para. And I'm like, that guy's going to give a good at bat when the game's on the line, no matter what. He may not wind up getting a hit, but he's going to be that guy that's going to foul off a bunch of pitches. He's going to make a pitcher beat him. And I think if you're struggling and you need guys to come through in late innings or with guys in scoring position, you need a guy like Parra in the lineup. And and, and look, putting Parra in the lineup full-time down the stretch is not 100% the answer. 
But I do believe that when you're in one of these ruts where you're not hitting, um, you're not get, driving guys in when they're in scoring position, then you look to guys like that. Um, you look to guys like DJ LeMahieu, also another, you know, he's never going to give away in at bat. And that, that's one thing I think it's been a little disappointed about Charlie Blackman lately. I mean, he, the guy's an excellent hitter. Everybody loves Charlie Blackman. He has the ability to put the ball out. He He's not a selfish hitter. He... You know, he's not going to swing for the fences if the situation doesn't call for it. But at the same time, he's had a lot of ground ball outs lately, you know, early in the count that just don't, they don't seem like Charlie Blackman kind of at bats. And I think he's struggled a little bit lately, but that's why I would go back to, you know, like I said, a guy like Para who's, he's made a career out of being a professional hitter. Let's look at, at those September schedules coming up as that September begins tomorrow as we record this. The Dodgers, of course, have this weekend series of the Diamondbacks. Then they face three against the Mets. That's uh, one you think the Dodgers can handle. The Mets are in absolute free fall. Then three against the Rockies. Then three in Cincinnati against the Reds, but the Reds are an awful team as well. Then the Cardinals, the Rockies again, the Padres, and Diamondbacks have finished with the Giants. So there, there are a couple soft spots in the schedule for the, the Dodgers. The Mets and Reds certainly most, foremost among them. And maybe the Padres, but at least the rest of the games, uh, with maybe the exception of the Giants, who are on the periphery of the race but dropping out pretty rapidly. You're talking about again Diamondbacks and Rockies and in division games, uh, and as well as that Cardinals team that's making a run. So it's not easy for the Dodgers, but it is probably easier for the Dodgers than it is for the Rockies left in September. Yeah. Looking over at the Diamondbacks, they finished, of course, the same weekend. Then they go to Pavese, the Padres. Then they face a Braves team that's very, very good. They get four with the Rockies three with the Astros, three with the Cubs, then the Rockies, and then Dodgers again, and only finish with the Padres. Arizona's schedule is nasty it's in, tough. in September. It's very, very tough. So this, it's another reason the Rockies need to make sure that this weekend, starting right now, you win the games you can win because you might have your shot. You, you'll stay close enough that the Rockies and Diamondbacks games against one another will probably decide where you stand as long as you can hold serve the rest of the way. And I've always thought, you know, from the beginning of the season to the middle of the season or whatever, like it's the Dodgers that you have to worry about the most as much as the, you know, the Diamondbacks have led the division all summer long. It seems like, but in my mind, you just can never shake the Dodgers because they just have wave after wave after wave of players and they're never going to go away. And to your point, uh, their their finishing schedule looks to be as favorable, if not the most favorable, of any of them. Of those three, I think it is. Yeah. And, and that's where you go to uh, MLB.com with postseason projections. Uh, on the 25th, just last week, the Rockies were their 55th, 55th of winning the NL West after the losses. They had up to 31%. The Dodgers, 74% despite the fact they're in third place for the exact reasons that you talked about. Because we know about the talent, they're only two out. a game you know you know when you go back to the hotel at night you should have won that game you have to have a quick turnaround Antonio Sensatella will take the mound on Friday uh, if the Rockies don't take the next three and, and that's a that's a big ask how worried are you about their chances um, even though we'll be only in the first week of September I mean in a vacuum if they if they don't take the next three it, it concerns me if they go two and two I think it's something you bounce back with if they, you know, if they go one and three, it's it's absolutely problematic. 
But I think it, it's it's kind of been like this how the season has gone the entire time. Ask me at the end of that. Ask me after three games. Ask me in a week. Ask me in two weeks because so much of it depends on what the other teams are doing, especially within the division. And I think you, it, if I'll put it this way, if they go out and win three, I feel pretty darn good. Right. Yeah, it's it's amazing. This is what's fun about baseball in September. This is why I think Rockies fans, yes, you want your team to make the playoffs and you want them to have an opportunity to win the whole thing. But uh, this is why I think the Rockies are maturing in September. Baseball matters. That's why it's a lot of fun, too. You get the scoreboard Absolutely. watching. You you understand that one day does make a very, very big difference. And so this should be fun. We're looking forward to covering with you all in September as well as the Rockies make their run. Uh, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. If you're out in downtown Denver, make sure you check out Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, and enjoy the, uh, the sunny weather that's supposed to be out here all weekend. And uh, go ahead and catch some college football games. There's some baseball games, everything that you'd like to. It's all up there at Tap 14. Check them out at tap14.com. Spell it out tap14.com uh, Doug it's it's always good having you in here appreciate it and why don't you tease a little bit because today as we record this the new Miley Sports Magazine comes out that's right college football edition kind of take a look uh, obviously focus on the big programs in the state CU and CSU and uh, the fun I think the fun stories for me in this issue were the throwback ones with Bradley Van Pelt and uh, Joel Klatt guys that were st- Still talking smack about their yep. rivalry all those yeah, years later. Yeah, exactly. What was it 15 years later? So I think that that was to me the fun thing, and I think it's you know it's unfortunate this rivalry hasn't maintained that kind of steam, but uh, you know it's tough for any rivalry to maintain that. I mean, those two guys were playing in the glory days, so it is fun to check back on them and see see what they're up to these days. So make sure both, you both check very that out. successful, by the way. Yeah, MileHighSports.com. Make sure you check that out. Also running a, a special on subscriptions. If you want the magazine sent to your house, running a, a subscription special where you can get the magazine delivered to your home for a year for $25 and pick out one of three uh, Mile High Sports shirts. What happened to the shoe phone thing? Style. Is that, what happened to the shoe phone? You the know, shoe you phone? get a shoe like, phone. Get smart. Your, you know the the one that looks like a tennis shoe. Yeah, remember that Sports Illustrated campaign? <laughs> no, they had a, a guy, shoe phone. Guy walks into Foot Locker and there's a shoe on the shelf and he picks it up and ah, uh, it's a phone. And if you subscribe now, you can get that shoe phone. So we just have to find out we where they talk where to they Nate where they the buried phone. all those. Maybe yeah. you can still find. Maybe them. they're next to ET. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Somewhere in the New Mexico <laughs> yeah, wasteland. Yeah, the ET uh, Atari cartridge. Uh, hopefully the uh, the Rockies don't find themselves doing that out there in San Diego as well and get lost on their way. So we'll be back with you next week. Uh, check with the Rockies as September starts in earnest right here. Thanks for listening.